Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. Whoa. <laughs> it's suggestible time, everybody. Hello, I'm Claire. It, yes, you are. Are you going to introduce yourself? No, I'm going to allow you to do the honour of introducing me this episode. <laughs> I always do that. I usually introduce you. James is here also. We are married. He's over near Kombucha. And this is suggestible where we recommend you things to watch, read and listen to. So sit back, relax and let us listen to our each other talking. <laughs> yes, let us all listen to each other talking. <laughs> I was going to say listen to our dulcet tones, but it didn't come out like that because my brain is fried. Maybe it's scrambled from the earthquake we had today. Oh, my God. So mm. I don't know. If you don't live in Melbourne, Australia, you might have still seen it on the news. It was, it was across the state and yeah. other states felt it. This, this morning I was sitting with my baby, with my baby, when my baby smiles at me. Anyway, I was sitting on the couch with like my baby. And then, that. That was good. <laughs> and then the windows started rattling. Mm. And what happened to you? I was napping upstairs because I'd been up early with the kids. And then the whole room was like shaking and I'm like, there's a strong gust of wind. And then it like kept going. And I'm like, this might be an earthquake actually. <laughs> I like the hand movements. That's what it was doing. Well. It was like a little shimmy. Yeah. It was weird, wasn't it? The last one was in 2012. It was, it was also so minor as well. Like nobody was killed. It's not like we don't live on a fault line. So there's probably people in the world who live on, you know, actual really, areas. Really, exactly. Earthquakes it. were like pathetic. Correct. The way that we look at other countries when they're like, look at this spider. And we're like, okay. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was kind of very strange. It was. It's just a reminder which makes it, this sound, it's, this sounds ridiculous because it's super obvious. But like we're standing on a big ball of rock and mm. we have like very little control over it yeah, and how what things happen. Mm. And and my body just went into that freeze mode where I was clutching a little baby to my chest and then just sat there. Yeah. And I just <laughs> just occurred to me that I don't have no idea. I, like I know what to do if there was a fire, stop, drop, and roll. But I had no idea that you're supposed to leave and exit the building if yeah. if you're in an earthquake. But then again, I looked at some pictures in the city and there was rubble that fell off the top of buildings mm. and things. So I don't know if that's entirely the best Is it idea door either. frames? Are we supposed to stand in a door frame? I should have looked it up. No, I it didn't. says online. I look, my sister sent me an article because we all realised in our family WhatsApp, all the WhatsApp groups I'm a part of just pinged. Yeah. They pinged, pinged, pinged. She said we should have left the building apparently if there's an earthquake. By the time I left the room, it was over. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. short. And yet again, my dad, as with the last earthquake in 2012, didn't notice. There was an earthquake in 2012. This is no one cares about this. <laughs> I was in one room because I, I was, we just got back from up north. So I was with my parents and I walked into the other room and I'm like, is that an earthquake? And he's like, no. <laughs> and it was. And this, a, the same thing happened this year. He didn't feel it, even though it was much bigger. Anyway. Let's suggest some things. All right. Are we going to suggest a thing together today? I think we We've are. Got a few things. I've got another Lego thing I want to talk about this week oh, as well. Oh, amazing. Well, how about we do gentlemen's first? Okay. You can talk about your thing and then we'll do the thing we talk about. Is gentlemen's first not a thing on the show anymore? I feel like it's been thrown by the wayside. It is because I've, I've decided that I want to take over the show. Co-opted. But I'm bringing it back. I'm also bringing back calling you an old boot. 
Because it's enjoyable. If the so, boot fits. If the, boot- if the old boot fits. <laughs> uh, well, let's. we're going to talk about this together. And it happens to be a movie called Together, which was written by Dennis Kelly and it was directed mm-hmm. by Stephen Doldry. And mm-hmm. it stars James McAvoy. He's back. Oh, boy. Oh, People boy. People might know him as Professor X. People might know him, the young Professor X, from the movie Wanted. People <laughs> might know him as that weird mule-legged man. From the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Or he's a ghost. I don't know. And also Sharon Horgan, who uh, is in um, Catastrophe. Catastrophe. She's amazing in Catastrophe. She's also in This Way Up, which I think is my favourite show of this year with Ashling B. And And she's in Game Night. Correct. And interestingly, did you know that writer Dennis Kelly, who wrote this, actually also wrote Pulling, which is Sharon Horgan's kind of debut first kind of breakout TV show that she wrote a long time ago about being in your 20s. It's interesting because you can definitely see the influences of that and you can also see the influences of um, Stephen Doldry because he's his background is in stage and because, okay, for, for what we should talk about what it is. Yeah. So basically it's about a couple who hate each other, <laughs> who have a, like a eight-year-old son and it spans like the start of the lockdown in the UK Mm-hmm. As Corona like rips through, correct? Yeah. To now, wish correct. And I think we should say up top that we might say a few spoilers. Do you reckon? Yeah, a little bit. A little. Pieces, yeah, yeah, not ter- not the whole thing, but um, I think it's important because there's a few things to talk about. Collins One is will that... put a time code below. Correct. Yeah, because um... it begins the day after Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced Britain's first coronavirus lockdown. Yes, and then it unfolds over the course of that year through what happens in London and it's kind of um, so close to the bone, isn't it? It's like yeah, really absolutely. documenting history and I find that really interesting mm. and also kind of their relationship breakdown, right, because they kind of hate each other and they move through hating each other to the traumas of living in such close proximity and that kind of really changes them and then they deal with some very heavy themes of grief while they've still got their little boy in the house. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they kind of find each other through that as yes. well. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, it's kind of they hate each other for a lot of this. Or No, because even though they do hate each other and they talk about how they hate each other and how they shouldn't have stayed together and they only stayed together because they've got a child together or whatever um, and various other things, you notice like little things that they're like taking care of each other. Like one, they'll be in an argument and like talking to the camera how much they hate each other and one will just like, have made the other one a cup of tea and just put it in front. It's not said, like it's not mentioned. It's just kind of it's like little things like that, like throughout. It's um, it's interesting because initially, I know you felt this way. It did feel a bit staged. It felt like a bit of like a theatrical performance because mm. they're talking to the camera a lot, which you were like, I don't really like the way that they're looking directly at us. But I think in doing that, you kind of get more out of them a lot of the time because they're like, you don't get an inner monologue and you don't get it through their dialogue necessarily with each other. They're like talking to you directly and it feels like a like a theatre production. And I think that also comes from, it's directed by Stephen Doldry and he uh, he has a background in theatre. He, uh, including Billy Elliot, both the, mu- uh, the musical and the movie. Mm, and and Matilda can, as well. Yeah, so you can definitely feel a lot of that in this. But I think after the first scene in particular, you kind of settle into it and you settle into the characters and the rhythm of it and maybe it's, you getting used to it or the movie kind of, you know, finding its feet, but it really kind of takes off from there, I feel. It really yeah. does. I really, I loved how funny it is. It's very darkly funny, like mm. the kind of 
lines that they they give to each other are like really quite extreme in sort of they're proving to the audience how much they hate each other, really, mm. I guess. Um, but then also there's some really deeply emotional and moving moments. Yeah. And I think when they're doing those kind of monologues where that's just them talking to the camera, mm. James McAvoy does some incredibly. McAvoy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. And I think Sharon Horgan does they're too. They're both terrific. Yeah. One of the themes, and this is a spoiler, is that Sharon Horgan's mother is in a nursing home. Yeah. It kind of happens at the start. They talk a bit about her as like quite a big character and they made the decision at the last minute to move her to a nursing home because they thought she or would safety. be safe there. Yeah. Um, and then obviously it rips through, it rips through and she ends up passing away. Mm. But you really get a sense when Sharon Horgan kind of does that monologue about what it was like to go and visit her mother for 15 minutes to say goodbye and what the um, healthcare workers who were looking after her mother um, did for them, what like by keeping them in touch with her over the phone because obviously she wasn't allowed to go and visit at all. And so her mother died alone and that is just so heartbreaking and the idea that you would have to suit up to visit your dying parent for 15 minutes and I really think they did a really great job of championing the healthcare professionals who are dealing at the cold face of COVID. And you also don't see any other people who's like it's all set within this house. Exactly. And it does a really good job of just through those conversations and monologues of getting the sense of I think it one thing it does really well and you see it with both of them is like the anger at the complacency I think we're all feeling that, you know, wherever you are in the world where a lot of people knew this was coming mm. and like because even they talk about in this how like they themselves saw it coming and yet why is it that even if they don't have all the information and they were still preparing for this and yet people in power didn't. Made decisions and didn't act fast yeah. enough. and Because ba- based on popularity as opposed to doing what is the right thing. And I think it wasn't even just popularity. I mean, the way that they talked about the facts around COVID and what was known by Boris Johnson and, and yeah. the parliamentary team in England, it just, it shows that they didn't have enough foresight yeah. or they didn't care enough to put those measures in place because with something like COVID, it grows exponentially. Mm. And I think she did such a, a oh, those, great when job. When she does the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Of, of making you understand why time matters mm. and why locking down after a week rather than locking down after eight weeks actually then results in tens of thousands of people not contracting the virus and people not dying. Yeah. And so she... I think did a brilliant job of that. Horgan actually said in an interview that the film was an exercise in bearing witness, in particular to the hidden trauma of families who lost loved ones in nursing homes because more than 39,000 nursing home residents in England died with the virus between April 2020 and March 2021, according to a study by the Care Quality Commission, which is a government agency. And many of those people, because of visitor restrictions and staff shortages, just died alone. Yeah. And I mean, that's heartbreaking to hear. Um, but I think it's such an important gift that the film was able to really make you feel the the weight of that. Because mm. sometimes I think with all of this, if you haven't been personally affected and in Australia, we have low case numbers really. And so less people have been affected. We've been, we've been more like stuck uh, at home, which is yeah, a whole other kind of lockdown. I mean, I'd rather yeah. be stuck at home than have my parents die, you know, so. In a nursing, exactly. Yeah. But I think um, in some ways, and 
a lot of us haven't had personal experience Definitely. of people dying in and that you, way. I mean, I, I know you have as well, but you see it in like a bunch of your group chats. You know, people just like, this isn't a big deal and whatever, and it's not even like the case number's that high. And it's like, yeah, because we've been at home, which sucks. Like I'm not, and, and there's not enough government support and people are, are angry and frustrated, which I completely understand. But that is also the reason why a lot of people, and a lot of the rules are nonsensical. Like I understand that. Yeah. But that's why. We don't have that kind of a lot, like yeah, and the number of deaths, and the reason yeah. we've also been locked down for so long is because they didn't order the the, the correct vaccine, vaccine the and correct then when vaccine. it broke out in another state, which was deemed more important, all of a sudden these other all these other vaccines suddenly started coming through, appearing like fucking yeah. magic. Yeah. Anyway, it's just in, so like I, even though we were angry about different things, like you could I could really resonate with like the anger mm. in this, yeah. and just at the utter fucking incompetence. And the, it's just the lack of foresight as well. Like it's the lack of preparedness mm. for the yeah. worst case scenario. And it made me think about times where I've been in school situations where I've had leadership that is really good at make, setting things up yeah. so that the worst case scenario happens and there's all these measures in place yeah. rather than being reactive. So when the bad thing happens, then scrambling to yeah. try and address it. Exactly. And I, I think that is the difference between really clear, great leadership. And I think we've seen that with people like Jacinda Ardern. Yep. And you, you see know. it in like a lot of sectors, like you do see it in healthcare workers all the time. You, we've seen it in teaching as well. You know, like teaching from home, teaching from, you know, remotely, it sucks. Like it's a, it's terrible, but it's for our son's school. It's been handled so well, yeah. Despite being an awful situation, you know, and I'm really grateful for that, you know. And I know he, well, maybe he's not, but he does. He responds <laughs> yeah. really well to it, and I think that's it's about that's not having, an accident, you know. That's it's for having so people sun. have kind of. That ability, yeah. And, pick, you know, picked up the slack a lot of the correct. time. Yeah, and I think that's what Sharon Horgan's character and James McAvoy as well does such a good job of. He's back, oh boy, yeah. McAvoy. McAvoy. He's back, oh boy. You have he's to back, say oh boy. I'm oh, sorry, James McAvoy, he's back, oh boy. I think that he does such a good job in this film of getting you past those numbers, like hearing 39,000 yeah. and they kind of wash over you and really understanding that each of those numbers is a person with yep. a family, with people that cared about them and loved them, with a story and I think that that is how we get um, people to really think deeply about yeah. what's going on. Anyway, it's I also quite it. lovely and like it the way is. that they kind of because I think we've definitely grown closer because, you know, we've when I mean, we already work from home anyway, but you know, you go through this thing together, you know, and it kind of solidifies your yeah. relationship a little bit more, I guess, like forged in, in a fire <laughs> of sorts. I know it's not like a world war or like mass poverty or anything like that. I, obviously it's people have it worse, but but yeah, I think this movie just showed that really well. Like their them together was very convincing. I agree. Yeah. And I, I think Sharon Horgan has a real gift in being able to choose the the right kind of yeah. work that suits her. Totally. And this kind of where she's playing in a couple. And I think she said it in an interview. The the pieces that she chooses seem to kind of weirdly mirror some of her own experiences in her life. Like pulling was based around her in her twenties. And then say like the show catastrophe she did with Rob Delaney was about a couple who gets pregnant after a one-night stand in their 30s and that was kind of based on her husband Jeremy Rainbird's relationship and had been together for six months when they found out that they were expecting their first baby. Mm. And so now he's actually her ex-husband and they've separated. They've got teenage daughters 
And so she said that that kind of experience in her life actually fed into this, into her art, and that kind of breakdown of a relationship and the fighting and all that stuff. You can feel that there's there's a sense of reality in it. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, like totally. she really brings a lot into that kind of um, relationship. It's the same with This Way Up. She does a really great job of depicting that relationship between her and her sister. Yeah. And that com- that walking that line of darkly funny and comedic while also really heartbreaking and touching. Yeah. I just think he's excellent. I think they're both so great. Plus she has excellent overalls in the show. Did I, I love you, them. Did, you did point that out. They're like <laughs> good overalls. Yeah. yeah, they were really good. No, I thought it was really good. And it is, I, I really, I like that reflection you just said about as you've been together, for, like we've been together a long time now, mm. I think that. Oh, compared you, to some. Compared yeah. to some. Yeah, exactly. Really difficult moments can either break you or make you. Yeah. And I think if you can let them, they bring you closer each time in a different way because you keep going through things together, the loss of parents and, you know, world catastrophes and all, mm. the, all the difficult things of everyday life. And there is something in that, right, like growing old together. Maybe when you get married you think it's this romantic idea, but growing old together is actually about weathering all these storms yeah. and coming through the other side yeah. older, greyer with more wrinkles but also closer. Hopefully if you're with, you know, the person that's right for you then that weathering yeah, is a little yeah, bit Yeah, exactly. Easier. And they do a great job of, I think, um, just arguing in this. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. I love a good argument. And there are, the the character arcs are great too because he starts yeah. off as a really horrible, arrogant kind of guy, yeah. I think, and over time that he changes and becomes a much more humble person. And they and she maybe becomes more awful, but yeah. not but not really. That's kind. Of, it's kind of the not at all actually. No, but I think more that she's more self aware maybe. Yeah, and yeah. an experience a depth of grief maybe. Yeah, exactly. That changes you. It's a whole thing. Mm, but uh, yeah. anyway. Great. Great. And um, where can people find it? It's on BBC Two. So if you're in other places in the world like we are, you'll need a VPN to access that. But, um, yeah, it's right there. Super And great. I highly recommend it. Also, I just saw that Sharon Horgan, mm. she's going to co-write and star in a Apple da- uh, series for Apple, Apple Plus, mm. quietly just killing it. Not quietly. Ted Lasso is like the biggest show in the world. Yeah. But um, a dark comedy series. So that's great news. Yeah, I read that that one is actually based on a couple who are divorced. Okay. Well, so there you go. Sounds right up her alley. <laughs> yeah. Even though she's been married since 2006 apparently. Uh, no, but, she's she's now separated oh, from she? Jeremy Rainbird. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. This is the perfect project. That's what I was telling you. Um, yeah. So there, there you go. Um, that sounds great. And Apple are good. They mostly make a good thing. They things. really are. I haven't watched Smigadoon yet. That no, me neither. Thing. I should watch that. that... And I'm like, I kind of hate those kind of musicals, which I, I guess too. might be the point of the show. But uh, I just don't know if I could sit through that. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Anyway, what else are you recommending? Oh, all right. Okay. So I just wanted to talk about Modern Love because I was oh, yeah, recommended right. it by you and I watched it and I bloody loved it. And I, it's the second season, so I love the first season. I've already talked about that. And I won't go too much into it because you've already talked about this sure. at length. It's the second season of Modern Love. It's on um, Amazon Prime. And it's just a beautiful series of romantic comedy little snapshots and vignettes. And each one is lovely. And I every time I finish it, I'm sobbing on the couch. And then I come into you while you're working and you make you give me a big hug. <laughs> and then I just say how much I love you and then I go to bed. And I was like, get out of here. It's embarrassing, Clay. Embarrassing <laughs> No, but they're beautiful. And look, it deals with And we like- actually live streamed it on Insta yeah. for everybody to say how much we love God. each other. Oh, God. Yeah. Gross. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, so the two that were my favourites, although I think I liked all of them, The Night Girl Finds the Day Boy with Zoe Chow, who is excellent, who is in lots of stuff, yeah, and I awesome. think she's she great. She was in that season one of Love Something with Anna Kendrick. Yes, 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 yes. Love something. Yes, um, and it, yeah, it's kind of it's like a romantic comedy esque kind of vibe, and it's really good. And I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, it's starring Anna Kendrick. She is in that. She's like her best friend, yeah. and it's great. Um, well, Zoe Chow's excellent, and she plays a woman with delayed sleep face syndrome who meets and falls in love with Jordan, who's a teacher and the day boy. And yes. it's just sort of based on this beautiful fairy tale and. I just love it. Or is it a nightmare because they have different schedules? They do. But New York City is kind of great in it. Oh, my God. New York City is a character in itself. That's (laughs) what I love about it. Anyway, I just love that this for the escapism because nowhere in them is COVID. And I just love watching something set in beautiful places. I mean, I even really loved the one with Mimi (laughs) Driver. That's a good one. Oh, it's gorgeous. And I sobbed and sobbed after that one. My other favourite one is this one that you said, um, A Second Embrace with Hearts and Eyes. Eyes open. Yeah, the last uh, one. Yeah. I think that's the best one. Yeah, with Elizabeth played by Sophie Okonedu, who's in Doctor Who. And oh, she was in Doctor Who. I just took a punt yeah, about that. And Van, know. yeah, no, she was. And in and Van, who's Tobias Menzies from This Way Out, yes, and yes. many other things. Um, they start seeing each other again after um, years after their divorce, and they have two little girls, and it's just beautiful. And the chemistry between them is amazing, and it's just wonderful to see that kind of character arc and that a couple who've kind of grown into themselves. And just that commentary I found that resonated with me about a man recognising that he had a lot of growing up to do and then grew up and took, you know, took responsibility for himself and becomes uh, really accomplished. Are you talking about anyone in particular? (laughs) No, but I just, no, no, nobody in particular. Specific, James. No, because I, no, I definitely resonated with that. I mean, I think he did it much later than me. But um, seeing as my brain didn't develop until I was 28, so I don't really think it's my fault. But <laughs> Yeah, do you think that is a thing, though, with guys? Oh, partly. I don't know. It's like a bit of like aimlessness and like what am I doing kind of blah, blah, blah. And I'm still like what am I doing, but I'm like – I guess this. <laughs> well, I have noticed it in some of, and this is a generalisation, but in some of my male friends, mm. I have seen a shift in their 30s and that was kind of this taking responsibility for themselves in a different way. Yeah. And some of our friends obviously have been super like that from the get-go oh, yeah. and others maybe are still stuck in that kind of. Let's name them. <laughs> Not adolescent vibe, but just a different way of being in the world. And I could actually, it's just a human thing, right? Whatever you, whatever you. Need to do to get through. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's different. But it, but I have noticed that maybe it's just that whole getting married and fatherhood stuff that changes you. But yeah. I think it's also. I never understood that you had to be kind to women until I myself <laughs> 
had a daughter. And then I realised. Oh I realised you should be nice <laughs> to women. No, I suddenly knew. <laughs> I have a new respect for women. You know what it is? It's not even that. It's the. It's just like the. The having the taking out of the bins without anyone saying to you the bins need to be taken out. Yeah, I don't know you where know, these people that want to like marry stuff. their mum or whatever. Like, yeah, or just not realize. I just sometimes think, and I'm sure you know everyone's different, but I do know that there is a particular kind of vibe around. This what do you stuff want to be that... bloody nagged for the rest of your life? Like, I kind of like this whole idea of like the nagging wife or whatever. And I'm this also is a person that exists. There's constantly nagging. I'm not saying that, and it can be anybody in, in any relationship of any gender, but like. If you're being nagged, like there might be a reason that you need to like figure out. And it might be that that person just nags a lot or maybe, maybe you suck. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it's both. I don't know. Maybe. I never understood women until I saw a woman in my own arms and I went, oh, my God. (laughs) Can I? Now I understand women. (laughs) Can I tell you one thing? I did not know. (laughs) Can I tell you one thing? I was always I'm yelling like, at right. women out of my car. <laughs> and now I'll fight anybody who yells at my daughter. I'll fight them in the street. If anybody comes up to my daughter, I'll come out with a baseball bat and I'll go, that's my daughter. I'll say, I'll say to them, I'll crack have there you, with a baseball bat. Have you finished bat. your bit yet? Not yet. <laughs> I, I wanted to share one tiny thing that I loved and then you can go. Sure. It sounds weird and I don't know if anyone else will relate to this. At the end of the episode, and this is a spoiler, at the end of the episode, Tom Collins will chuck in another right. time code. She's diagnosed with breast cancer, mm-hmm. and um, he, they're sort of, he has said he's like, you know, he's taken so much responsibility for their daughters over the years and looked after them a lot, and he's changed a lot from when they were first together, when it seemed like he was sort of like not, you know, kind of aimless and not yeah. really doing anything and not competent at anything, and he's become this like great dad and really responsible and, mm. you know, even better than she is in a lot of ways at remembering all their piano lessons and all the things they have in their lives. And so watching him kind of take responsibility for all of that meant that she has sort of fall, re-fallen in love with him, I think, mm. because of all of that. At the very end when she's lying in the hospital bed and and he comes in and it's clear that um, they're going to get back together, mm. He gives her this ring that she that she admired. It was in a, like a flea market, so it wasn't an expensive mm. ring. And he pulls it out and she opens it and puts it on. She's like, "Oh, it was too big for me, so I'll have to wear mm. it. I'll um have to get it resized." And she slides it on, and it fit her perfectly. Mm. And in that moment, I just thought, "Oh God, that is so great," mm. because it's this tiny thing. But it's the gift of organisation. <laughs> yeah. But I <laughs> think it's the, also I, like because you know, otherwise it would be like, oh, you can fix that. Yeah, because exactly yeah. right. Like she would have had to take it to mm. the jeweller, figure out her ring size, get it resized, then get it sent back to her. And yeah. it's a whole You've just lot given of them admin. A job. <laughs> You've given her admin to do yeah. as a gift. And because it's such a thoughtful thing to, that he noticed that she'd chosen that ring, you wouldn't say in that moment, oh, now I have to get it resized. You would just, you would sort of say, I'll get it resized and you would just be grateful. Yeah. But that extra step, yeah. A, is so sexy. So sexy. But it is. But B, it's it speaks volumes about him understanding the mental load of mm. her as a person. Yeah. And and to me that was so tiny but so indicative, I think, of what they were trying to get at in that episode. Mm. And I just, 
that bit spoke to me so much. Mm. And I just thought, great, because that's what you want. You want an equal partner. You don't want to be given admin for your birthday. Yeah, you know? totally. <laughs> yeah, and I just, anyway, I thought it was great. So anyway, I know I, you already talked about it, but I wanted to talk that's about right. it again. I agree. I agree with you that it's great. And there's more American episodes than I remember being as well, actually. Um, yeah, there is as a mix, like which is really maybe nice. three at least. Totally. Are you watching it? I'm like, oh, yeah, this is an American one. I forgot, I forgot about this one. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to recommend, we talked about it briefly last week, the TV series called Lego Masters. Now, this is the Australian one. I've yet to watch the Will Arnett one in the US. Uh, it's hosted by comedian and radio host Hamish Blake of Hamish and Andy fame and Ryan McNaught, who's also known as Brickman, who's like a Lego Brickmaster. So he's kind of like the Gordon Ramsay of Lego, except he's not horrible. He's not a horrible person. Oh, by the way, when I was doing that bit before, that's our Prime Minister. That's what he's like. Oh, I never understood that you shouldn't assault women until I thought about <laughs> how I have a daughter. Brilliant. Really good. Really good that you're the fucking prime minister. You absolute fucking Whoa. clown. Anyway. I don't know if you've noticed, James is full of a lot of rage. Yeah. They, <laughs> know. they know, Claire. Um, anyway, it's, if you don't know, it's a Lego building competition. Think MasterChef, but it's Lego. So there's different challenges and they give them a different set of hours. It might be like, might be six hours. It might be 14 hours, whatever. And they're ranked on story, creativity, and technical ability. Sometimes they'll have to do a rebuild, but there's one where they get a parrot and it's like, break this parrot down and make it into something else. And you have to use every bit of the parrot. You know what I mean? Uh, There might be a theme that they have to follow. It might be like space or they're building a a something. I couldn't think of a second thing. So it's like animals and buildings and like people and amusement parks and and whatever. And it's really fun and like a lot of things, it's ultimately pointless. But I think that's what's good about it. It's like really light and very and really positive. And there's kind of one kind of like villainous kind of guy, I guess, in the first season. And I but I've been told though by a friend of ours that that kind of doesn't happen so much in in later seasons, just this guy who just doesn't learn lessons is like for the entire show until he gets eliminated. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, I'm the best here. But he like he consistently proves that he is absolutely not. It's quite amusing. Um, it's terrific. And I've been watching it with our son. We've been doing like one a day or one every two days. They're about an hour each. I think the premiere is like an hour and a half or whatever. But it's also been inspiring him to like make more stuff. And afterwards we go upstairs and we build some Lego together and we – we, we map out a little plan and then we come downstairs and you judge our Lego <laughs> plan. Uh, it's it's just great. And, and look, I, again, I haven't seen the American one, so maybe that would be more suited if you are, you know, somewhere else in the world. But if you are interested, uh, it's on Nine Now, which is a local app from Australia, which, again, you have to use a VPN. Uh, Nine Now is uh, it's based on our, our free-to-air channel, uh, Channel Nine uh, but this particular app is the home of shows that were cancelled in 2016. <laughs> that it's const- I've got a list here. That it's constantly like shilling in the seven ad breaks that they have during the show. Uh, I'm talking about Rush Hour, the TV series. <laughs> I'm talking about Lethal Weapon, the TV series. I'm talking about the show Up All Night, speaking of Will Arnett. Uh, I'm talking about the show <laughs> Council of Dads. I'm talking about the show Allegiance. Claire. Which of those are real? Tell me. None of them. They're all real. <laughs> they're all real shows. But they're no longer. Yeah, they're they've all been cancelled. <laughs> what is that about? They've just bought all these yeah, shows. Yeah, they bought all this old crap <laughs> and just like, you like 
the Training Day TV series that got cancelled because Bill Pullman died. I'm like, no, not really. Bill Pullman died. He died oh, like three, four no. years ago. Yeah. I really liked him. You I didn't know this about. My favourite movie, While You Were Asleep. While You Were Asleep. No, is he? Yeah. He's in Titanic. You talking to Bill, about Bill Pullman? Yeah. Isn't he? You're thinking of Bill Paxton. Oh. This is the mistake that everybody, including myself, makes. I even went before I said Bill Pullman. I'm like, is it Bill Paxton? Is it Bill Pullman? I'm just checking. I thought it was Bill Pullman. It might actually be Bill Paxton. It is Bill Paxton. Are you sure? No, Bill Pullman. It's Bill Pullman. Yeah, I know, but I meant to say Bill Paxton. (laughs) I said the wrong Bill. Fuck. What's hilarious about that is that I don't know very many things about anyone, but I feel like I would know if Bill Pullman died because he's yeah. so – I love his character. I can't believe I said so Bill much. Pullman. That's so embarrassing. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, do, I do that all the time. And it's not, even when I don't do it, I do it as a joke that I get it wrong, but I just consistently get it wrong. Anyway, those That's are all really shows. Funny. Rush Hour, the TV series. Lead the Weapon, the TV series. Up All Night, Council of Dads, Allegiance. Whoa. and, and not Training to, Day sequel series. Not to alarm anyone, but Bill Pullman is definitely still alive. He is. He was in Independence Day 2. Correct. Uh, anyways, um, I, I do want to talk about Squid Game, which is a Netflix, a Korean Netflix series. I want to talk about that next week because we, we don't have enough time. But my God. So uh, if you want to hear about Squid Game, come back next week so I can talk about Squid Game. Oh, God, I couldn't even handle it being it's on the, in the background It's funny because you were like, can you not working? watch this here? And just as you said that, I made fun and I moved. And then it just like went insane. So I don't know how you would have had. Like it was just like it really kicked off. I could tell. It yeah. was so creepy and I just could feel the vibe and I was like, I can't work with I loved it. I was trying so hard because I wanted you to stay in the room because I like when you're around while I'm working or something. Not when I'm I watching just couldn't... the Korean no. TV series Squid Game. Oh, Lord. All right. Uh, anyways, I'm just going to let the dog out while you uh, read a letter maybe. Oh, no, I want you to hear this. So oh, yeah. I'll, uh, we'll pause the time. He's a letter letting her out. Okay, you ready? Bill Paxton as well. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe you All said right, that. What's next? Oh, Bill He's Paul. the only actor to be killed by a Terminator, by a Predator, and by an alien. He wasn't killed by a Robocop, though, I believe. I Isn't see. That interesting. They do look very similar, Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman. Yeah, and I can see why similar. you do that. They are very similar. All right, your your mind palace has a tiny, tiny flaw. Everybody has that flaw, except for you, apparently. <laughs> no, because I only know people. I don't have a very. He was in Twister. Knowledge. He was in the movie he Twister. He was. I love Twister. Do you remember the cow in <gasps> Twister? I watch that again. Yes, I do. Do you know why I love that? Because I liked Helen Hunt. I liked. I'd I watch like anything Helen in Helen. Did you see that Hunt's Helen Hunt anything? movie where she plays like a? Like a therapeutic, like sex worker or something like that. Yes, I did yeah, I can't that. remember what that's called, or even if that's the term for that. That's an excellent movie. She's so good. Yeah, I have an email. I love emails. So if you would like to email the show with your recommendations, suggestions, or just your Lego approach, because so many people approached us last week, and I just bloody loved getting all your emails. It was so brilliant. We have the best listeners to this show. So thank you. This one email you can email suggestionpod@gmail.com is from Neil McGinley, and his uh, title of it is "My name isn't Benny." <laughs> is he any relation to Patty McGinty from the song Patty? Song or poem, Patty I don't McGinty's know. goat. Because it's Ginley, not Ginty. But so anyway. Would you we'll, say no then? It's, yes, maybe. Right. So here he goes. It's not a listening, listening one. You just told me you wanted me to listen. No, I just thought of read it. Well, that's what. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> 
portion. <laughs> I just thought you would read it and, and you. listen to me while I read it. All right, let's do anyway, it. Anyway, okay, so hi, Claire. You saw me untangle these headphones and you let me do it. Look, I'm not functioning at 100%. Cord. I'm functioning at like 2.5%. Okay, here we go. Hi, Claire and James. Hope you are well. I was just listening to the episode where you were talking about people being called a different name. Mm. I think it's an Irish thing as oh. my name is Neil, but as long as I can remember, everyone has called me Benny and no one knows why. <laughs> 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 I like to think it was used to trick those crafty Brits from stealing our secrets. Um, might be. Anyway, love the pod. 10 out of 10, Neil slash Benny. I'm loving everything about that. Me too. It was mm. so good. All right. I've got some doozy letters, but I'll save them. Your turn. Review. I'm happy to do this right now uh, because this is more about a review for the show. And I'll tell you this much, Claire. It's the best thing you can do in life is a review this show. It is. It's good karma. Everyone call, needs some call karma. Call your parents, your loved ones. Give this podcast a review. <laughs> Just do it in app. It's as easy as that really helps. Uh, this is from Monarch Music who says, may I suggest, great pod, love you guys, but an idea for an episode of Suggestible where instead of suggesting movies or other to others to watch or read, you can bring Meso, I forgot how to spell his name. No, you got it. And uh, some of Claire's friends and you guys suggest him people to date. <laughs> Two smiley faces. Look, I wouldn't want to get into the personal life of one Nick Mason, but, uh, you know, so that's just, um, we probably won't do that. I can imagine. <laughs> Maybe he's single, maybe he isn't. Who knows? Who knows with that dude? Maybe he's married. Maybe he's got his own family. Maybe he does. Yeah. We don't know. He just turns up like a little sprite every week. Exactly. And sprites away. Actually, we do have a suspicion that he lives in our um in our garden on a little toadstool. <laughs> with a little hat and a little uh pipe. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he would. I could see him doing that. I reckon our son thinks he's a little bit magical. Why is that? Because he's very funny and I think he turns up all the time and and he's just like, ooh, this little man coming in. He's coming in. He's coming in. He's not awesome. that small, by the no, way. No, he's not. I'm just, no, I meant as it, no, he's definitely not small at all. But he's great and we love him and he's excellent. And he made us on a, a plate of like he stayed for dinner and made a face out of his food. He did. And our son loved it. He had a good time. He did. All right, that's it. That's it for the show this week. Thank you, as always, to Raw Collins for this episode. Thank you to James for carrying me this week because I'm a, I'm a tired old lady. And it's done. I will have to carry her out of the studio. You will because it's romance time, am I right? It is romance time, everybody. <laughs> everybody. I don't know if people know this, but every time we record the podcast afterwards, it is romance time. <laughs> Strictly in a hands-off sense. We're talking candlelit dinners. Candlelit? Candlelitters. <laughs> now James is really We're getting to the crux of our a relationship. A bowl of pasta in an alley, like a lady in the trap. <laughs> we touch our noses together touch or our something noses and lick together. candles, apparently. That's right. That's the secret to a long and healthy relationship. All right. Till next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I mean, if you want, it's up to you.